it's lights out, away we go, and that's the chequered flag. If only I was joking. Let's get started. Seven-time champion of the world. <laughs> we like your introduction. Yeah, I reckon that introduction was longer than the the race. <laughs> uh, in fairness, I I did spend four hours in front of the TV watching rain in another country. Um, did, I actually spent the whole time in front. I of did. The I was mates. committed to the fact that it actually might get better because they they teased us when they were like, "Oh, we're going to go round the track." with the the cars behind the safety car and then i was like yeah this is it this is the start and so i was convinced that was going to happen again but nope no it didn't and then by the end of it it's kind of the point where i'm so committed to having watched two and a half to three hours that i'm not going to miss the last hour of rain like that'd be quitter (laughs) (laughs) i I was um it's quite entertaining for me actually because I um, was in and out of like seeing what was going on because I was working, but it was quite nice because I thought I was convinced I was convinced I was going to miss the race, right? And then every time it was like delayed, I was like, oh my god, like I might actually get to watch this. And so every time it was delayed, I was actually like, oh my gosh, this is quite good. And then after a while, it was just like obviously it got super frustrating. And in the end, I ended up getting like on the way home. I was driving home. And I still didn't know what was happening with the race, so I instructed my parents to ring me <laughs> when it was finally starting, so they could tell me what was happening. And <laughs> the first, like, I was just convinced it was going to be absolutely crazy. Obviously, if it did, if it did happen, the first lap was going to be insane. So I, um, yeah, I couldn't bear to miss it. But it's funny that I went from I'm not going to see it at all to being like, oh, maybe I will get to see it. And in the end, I actually beat it, <laughs> got <laughs> home and it still hadn't happened. And then obviously it didn't happen at all. But um, what a weird, weird occurrence. I, I read something earlier um, that said out of like the however many thousands of races of uh, F1 races there's been, there's only ever been six that gave out half points and so this was like a 0.51 percent chance of happening ever and it did Mm. i know deep it's it's also now officially the shortest race in f1 history because the previous the previous shortest was like 14 laps um Mm. and that was two so yeah that's now officially it's literally like a 12 kilometer race or 15 kilometer race so Mm. shortest ever but then the, Max Verstappen holds a couple of these records now because of, like, I don't know, random rule changes or whatnot. Because he's now, he is the, the youngest race winner and will always be the youngest race winner because they changed the, the rules yeah. so that you can have under 18s in. So that's mm, it. He's yeah. now the youngest race winner. And because the race was only two laps, he's basically got the, the shortest race win as well. So, I mean, we're not really going to get a one lap race ever so yeah, yeah he he holds these weird you know titles that i suppose he can rub in the face of lewis hamilton be like well you might be a seven-time world champion but aha, i hold the win that, for the that, that that first one you mentioned is so ironic because literally as soon as he was given a seat at 17 they brought in a rule whereby you couldn't get a seat till you were 18 then whilst he was 17 he absolutely bossed it proving that the rule's stupid um but yeah he's he's, he's holder of it. He, he's like youngest everything because because yeah. he started at seventeen, so 
So uh, just like the the Verstappen coming in when he's 17, that was quite controversial. This race was also quite controversial. I'm using race in the loosest possible term. This is race in in inverted commas here because there was about as much race there as a procession round Monaco. Um, And so Mm. we we have to really ask ourselves, when we were sitting inside in in our comfy houses or, or whatnot watching the rain, hammer down in another country all those poor people that were sitting there hoping for a race that basically was never going to happen was it was any of the things that happened on sunday the right decision did michael massey make the right choice by trying to send the drivers out once and then not starting at 3 p.m when it cleared up should they have just called it off earlier um what what do we think i am personally think they should have called it off earlier uh, going against my <laughs> earlier comments about how I was desperate to watch the race, but um, for you know legitimate reasons, I think yeah, it should have been called off early for many reasons. Obviously, it was ridiculously unsafe to have run a race, and like we can all agree on that, and that's obviously like part of the decision made. Um, especially considering which we'll, we'll talk about later, some of the safety um, worries of the weekend in general already before the before the rain, um, and I think that they. It, they knew you have weather forecasts are a thing. They knew that this rain wasn't letting up. They knew it was too dangerous to race. But I mean, I, again, we'll mention it in a little while. But I'm sort of agreeing here with with Lewis and a lot and Seb and a lot of the other drivers that you know that they they only did those two safety car laps really in order to get it written down. You know, called in the rule books a race um, because they had no intentions, in my opinion, to actually do the, run the race uh, in full or at least you know for out of the safety car um restrictions so yeah i think that obviously i understand the requirements of sponsors and tv rights etc etc and you know they had to make that decision but it it seems ridiculously unfair for people and and obviously i mentioned to the fans because they now now it's been classified as a race they have no ground to stand on when you know applying for new tickets or or refunds because technically the service they um, had paid a ticket for which was to watch a race was delivered and it's wrong <laughs> because you know they knew I think they knew a lot sooner than that that it wasn't going to happen and yet they you know they continued with it for those reasons so personally I, I don't think it should have been run I think they should have called that sooner because it would be easier for the drivers for the teams for the fans um and you know you have sometimes you just have to admit that something's not going to work out and move on you know maybe they can find a new race date or something but now they've run the race they don't they can't find a new race date for example there's a tbc in the calendar later in the year if they'd called it completely they could then run spa in that tbc potentially but now they've had a race at spa so that's it now they've had a race at spa move on to zambor and i think yeah in my opinion it was the wrong decision but and just really quickly because that must, might kind of come up in what you say i don't personally think it it should have been classified as a race in the sense that points should um, were, were given out obviously obviously i'm overjoyed about george's podium mm. my god <laughs> you would be overjoyed <laughs> obviously however you know George's podium I want to see him like he deserves to race for it do you know what I mean and maybe he would have just dropped back he probably would have dropped back you know yeah. well, I mean we can talk about his quality later but I want George's podium to be one that you know it, it means something because he's worked for it and personally I don't think that points should have been awarded and you've got to feel for Hamilton as well because imagine if Max wins the title this year by 0.5 you know it, it it's it can happen it happened with one of my drivers last year so he lost the title by a point because of a half race um, half points given out it it seems silly to me because that was not a race race constitutes you know people have an opportunity to overtake and that was not given so for me not fantastic by the fia but i'll let you guys chip in 
Well, there's a lot to divulge there, isn't there? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think we. I think one of the things I want to address is the ticket thing. I, I've seen a lot of criticism being thrown around social media for that exact point. And one of the things I discovered whilst looking at the the ticketing uh, situation is it's not actually the FIA that dictates um, refunds. So even if they hadn't classified it as a race, it's not up to the FIA, it's not up to Formula One management, it's actually up to the track organisers. And in the when you buy a ticket to, to Spa, it actually says that you aren't entitled to a refund even if there isn't a race. So I'm just going to say mm. that a track that's already in quite a lot of debt and is spending uh, tens of millions on a revamp of its uh, of its of part of the track for, for its future prosperity and is having to rely on subsidies from the government i mean at the end of the day they weren't going to probably get a refund anyway because it's in the terms and conditions and i know it's one of those things that you go well you know you no one ever reads the terms and conditions but you should be aware that if you do sign up to a live event there is actually a clause in these things that says you won't necessarily get a refund now because it's got lots of publicity it probably will get a refund anyway or some sort of compensation to fans probably free parking they love that one um <laughs> but but you know i don't actually think it makes a difference whether or not there was a race or not and whether or not people will then get a uh, a refund because then there's other tricky things like the fact that uh, qualifying went ahead so if you have a three-day ticket do you you did get a spectacle on Friday and Saturday, and then you did get to watch some, for, you know, some lower division formula. So it's it's really tricky, and I I come down on the side of you probably should give your fans a refund because you were you should you cancelled it too late, but that's beside the by. That's just because we're nice people. I don't think they're going to get refunds. That there's just too much losing that. It is, you can look at it two ways. For me, the FIA was stuck between a rock and hard place because. You couldn't run that race because the weather was so shambolic. I've never seen weather so bad at F1 race. Just the various factors like it just kept on plugging away. The rain kept on coming. Um, the fog as well was just like, like you couldn't see anything. Like the fact the drivers couldn't see the red flashing um, wet weather lights on the back of the car in front. I mean, when there's, when you can't see a big red light flashing in front of you, that shows how like foggy and misty it is. Um so they couldn't run the race but then if they didn't run the race they would get heavily slated because you know the way that social media is these days and everyone's very sort of quick to jump on the bandwagon of society looking to blame something or someone um but i think at the, at the end of the day whilst i mean you you could say that like they i mean they should give these fans a refunds they should because all they saw was a no-show all they saw was f1 cars driving around for two laps with no like sort of real value for entertainment going on um and massive credit to the fans for sticking out as long as they did but at the same time like they they, they couldn't do anything else like the calendar is so busy in the second half of the season that you can't realistically reschedule the race i don't think i mean unless you had it in the next few weeks but then again you were in the middle of a triple header so that's very difficult um also people say oh they should reschedule the race till onto monday forgetting the fact that whilst the next race is over the border in Holland, it's practices on Friday, and these teams need to get their get their stuff together and ship it over to uh, already transport it over. So, having thinking that a race the next day would be an option was naive, and also the fact that 
the marshals would not be available because at Spa they have marshals just there on the on on the weekend as they do at many Grand Prix and they wouldn't be around on the Monday because they probably would have to go to work. Um, but yeah, like I think that the FIA were in an impossible situation, but at the same time having them trundle around the track for two laps was a bit unnecessary. Um, I don't think they needed to like they didn't need to run the race just to get points out just to. Um, like have it in the history books because like like you like you both said earlier it could like it could skew the results of the championship later in the year like the the results of this enabled Verstappen to close the gap on Hamilton to three points um and allowed McLaren to leap above Ferrari um into back into third place and the constructors allowed Williams to get a massive lead now over Alfa Romeo in the sort of the tussle for eighth so the whilst they were stuck in a very difficult situation I don't think they needed to run that race just because of a combination of it really was mugging off the fans. The fact that they were like, "Oh, we're going to do this race, and you won't kind of you won't get a refund," um, and then the effect it could have on the championship, which, as some of the drivers pointed out, is quite unfair when you haven't really earned those points. You did, you could say you earned them through qualifying, but if they'd known that, they might have put some teams might have put more focus on qualifying because usually you put focus on the race because that's where the points are awarded. So. It was a tricky situation, but I don't think they handled it like superbly well. I think they could have handled it better. Well, I, I, I agree. I don't think they really did have a plan. And I think like most of us, they were playing it by ear, mainly because they were looking at their very expensive weather forecasts and going, nope, in fact, we're not going to use those. We're going to use our eyes um, instead, which is you know famously correct. But I, the point situation is so difficult because they're... It's part of the rules, right? That that you get you get half points if you have more than two laps, and so it's fine. In, in my mind, I'm like, well, it's in the it's everyone signed up to this in the Concord app, so why are you all moaning about it? It's part of them. And then and then the other half of me goes, well, I'll admit they kind of ran the cars around the safety car, and that's how they got into those two laps. But the problem is, is they went round with the cars for the two laps to basically test whether or not the cars could could be seen and so they sort of accidentally fell into the two laps which means they kind of can't then go back and be like i know we actually did two laps but then we're not going to give you points so there's this horrible mix of like pulling forces there where they wanted to get the cars onto the tracks for the for the people to see and therefore they had to run the laps under green conditions but in doing so they then introduce two technically racing laps which means technically they have to give out points which means the fans are annoyed about that so like i feel like they were between a rock and a hard place and, and they couldn't win um i do think points should have been given out because that's part of the rules do i think it needs a review yes i do but i think the i think what it should be is it should have to have two racing laps without a safety car on track and i think that's what fixes it because what you would then allow to do is allow to do these sighting laps under green flag conditions but then you don't fall into the trap of what's happened here so i think just a small adjustment to that would would fix the problem but the should the points be given out absolutely go russell because you know otherwise he wouldn't have got any points for mm. for what he did and i like the fact that in this silly season part two williams williams got a um a podium and also i would like to quickly address the mazepin thing mazepin did not in fact get fastest lap 
because technically he achieved it on lap one and lap one does not allow fastest lap. So <laughs> no fastest lap. And for also you. His, fast, his fastest lap was three minutes, 18.1. So and what a, a fastest lap it is. How fitting as well. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, no, I totally agree. Like, I I see why they had to give points, but I agree that I think that in the future they should look at awarding points for, you know, two laps under racing conditions. Um, because you don't get... If you haven't got the opportunity to overtake, then all you've done is awarded points for qualifying. Yeah. <laughs> or, but you know, the, Paris that, having an issue. That happen, though? Because... No. I, I, well, I, I, I've, I think it should, because... Okay, this is just I think an opinion on what to how to interpret qualifying. I see qualifying as a time trial race, and maybe that's just because growing up I played far too much PlayStation. So yeah, maybe Gran Turismo has affected me here. But time trial races are a race, and qualifying is effectively a time trialed race. So it is a race. So I do think you should get points for that. So maybe you know. No, 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 no. I think I think it's just we're only saying this because Russell came second and it was but it was unbelievable, un, 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 unbelievable and just completely. But no, I I just think I've referred back to what I said earlier about like if the teams knew that qualifying was going to carry so much like weight, so to speak, they would focus everything on qualifying. But they focus more on the race because that's what gives the points at the end of the day. So. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I just think it was an unfortunate situation with the weather and everything that's made people then consider like all sorts of things. And people are very short-termist, have a very short-termist mentality these days in general with a lot of things. So, I think everyone's sort of like, like I think it's right that the FIA have gone after the race and like reviewed the regulations around, um, like events like this and like how to how to give out points and if to give out points. Um, because I, because I think that's right. They, they they constantly review their procedures. But I think everyone's sort of reacting or putting Michael Massey's head on a chopping block. Um, whilst whilst they whilst they didn't handle it too well, like just 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 learn from it. I think is the key. I mean, like giving out the points again, not ideal. But I guess you just you just learn from it. it it's it's just because I remember the last time there was a a race like this i think it was malaysia 2009 and that one was different because they had like half the race fine and then suddenly like a malaysian monsoon came out of nowhere and they had to stop it like 20 laps from the end but they actually got a race out of it so it's fair to award half points it was just because this one was obviously just a little not not a grand prix more like a just a trundle so um i don't know i think as long as they as long as they learn from it and also accept that it was a bit of a freak thing and that the weather was just so bad all day so whilst we might not all agree whether or not the points should have been given out at the end of that race what we can all agree on was that the weather conditions were so terrible that a race could not have been ran as you said angus you couldn't even see cars one person behind so it was awful however throughout the weekend the safety of spa wasn't just being discussed because of the poor weather conditions but because of the saturday qualifying when norris crashed at eau rouge hitting the left-hand barrier and then being thrown back down the Kemmel Strait, um, going to the right-hand side where we've seen tragic accidents um, occur before. And throughout the whole, that weekend, there were multiple accidents there. So this is yet again throwing up the questions of whether or not some action should be taken, Eau Rouge, 
to make it safer, there have been suggestions that you add gravel in, perhaps pushing the grandstands on the left-hand side back a bit and creating a larger runoff area. And some other suggestions of adding in a chicane, slowing drivers down like that. But do you think these are just reactionist uh, responses to an accident that wasn't that bad? Or do you think it's time that Eau Rouge was changed a little bit because it's it's a bit outdated and, and cars are going faster and faster there? What do we think? I liked um, a tweet by Jack Aitken over the weekend. He obviously had an incident there about a month or so ago um and it you know it was it was quite a quite an awful one and you know he was really lucky just to come away with some uh broken ribs i think it was and some fractures and he you know he's been recovering and jack um posted you know at the towards the end of this weekend um when it rains it really pours doesn't it and he goes and i'm not talking about the weather and he's absolutely right because we you know we've we started with one tragic event um Regard, um, with Antoine Hubert and obviously it's worth noting actually at the time of this recording it's two years uh, since his passing and obviously as always we always you know send our best wishes out to the family and friends because you know it's something that's that, that rocked the entire community and, and 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 we discussed it at the time as well um, but it's quite you know poignant that that's what we're talking about again two years later there's nothing has changed and Jack is so right you know Jack they, all the drivers um, Antoine's friends said something should be different it wasn't and jack had had an incident there and you know other people you know in smaller series there's been some you know a few crashes jackson's incident was horrific i have a colleague um at work who had you know be it a merry minor but had an accident at spa at eau rouge um in gt a few months or so back and then of course not only did you have lando's crash which was horrible thank i didn't watch it live and i'm quite glad i didn't because i don't think i would have liked it um not only was that horrible we had a crash um in w series which was horrific <laughs> it, it, you know if, if you've seen the footage filmed by a fan on the side of the track you know it, it was awful to watch the way that the cars came together there was flipping there was um you know cars on, on their side um bouncing off the wall um that was you know the weather was partly to contribute to that one but then not only was there that but there was also an incident in f3 that's far too many times not only like ever let alone in one weekend and people so many people are going oh it's can't change the track it's you know it's a classic track if they want to be racing driver they have to accept it there's a difference between accepting that accidents can happen that and and purposely keeping something that causes accidents everyone in motorsport understands that accidents can occur all the drivers understand that but it doesn't stop you shouldn't stop from avoiding them if you can and you're right, Tristan. Things have changed. The cars are quicker. Things are more dangerous there now. And there should be a change. I don't think the entire track needs a change. The entire corner needs a change. In my opinion, and you guys can let me know whether you agree, I think that the wall needs to go another 50, 100 metres further back. So when they hit that wall, they don't bounce back into the track where people are coming up the crest at 200 miles an hour and can't see them. They bounce, you know, they may bounce back a little bit, but not fully into across the track as Lando did. You know, if Lando's so lucky someone wasn't coming up the hill at that moment. So for me, you want gravel and you want the wall to be a lot further back. So yes, the same accident can occur, but you don't, you don't return into the track, which is how so many awful things have happened. So that's my thoughts. I mean... Yeah, it's 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 a tricky one because well, I say I say it's a tricky one. It's not really a tricky one because the corner is clearly dangerous now. Um, 
and even I'm trying to think the various accidents that have happened. So Antoine Hubert was in the dr- was in the dry. Was the W Series one also in the dry? That was that was I in the dry. Was wasn't it was a bit wet. I think on, it was a bit wet. Might have been a yeah, bit wet. Th- this this weekend was bad because of the rain, and that's something that you might want to factor in. Yeah, but at the same time, those kind of accidents still. Should have happened. happened. <laughs> was, 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 yeah, was Jack Aitkins in dry one as well, possibly? Uh, like, I think it was dry. I, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. point I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to kind of make is that these accidents have been happening, like whatever the weather conditions. And if that's the case, then you think there needs to be some changes made to the corner. Um, in terms of, I remember reading a bit, just a bit of F1 history. I remember, so in the, so when Ayrton Senna uh, was killed in 1994 at Imola, in the, the rest of the season, several tracks like made changes to the circuit, to their layouts to try and mitigate uh, the dangers that were there. And at Spa, they literally, so on the run down to Eau uh, Rouge, they literally put a chicane in, in the middle of Eau Rouge. Um, so it was literally like, a, so you go into the corner, then you go up and then into a chicane, instead of it being like a flat out corner. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think something that extreme is necessary, but something just to make the corners safer. But then people saying about gravel, I'm not convinced that the gravel, of course, is good for slowing cars down. But the one big, big downside of gravel is that it can like give the cars air, and if the car hits at a certain angle, the car can then flip, and then you've got the danger of drivers' helmets. I know there's the halo these days, but you still got drivers' head, head and neck area, like. In possibly in direct contact with the barrier or with catch fencing um so and i just and, and the main thing really is just the possibility of cars bouncing out onto the track because obviously that was what that was mainly what um what killed antoine hubert and also you've seen several other accidents it's been the same where cars have like impacted the barrier and then bounced back into the path of other cars which is just it's just a horrifying thought seeing like when you have near misses like that and even even Lando's crash, which was solely just like, on his own, just get just getting um, like getting a tank slapper in the wet, that was still like so dangerous, and the amount of G's he went through, and just the, the car just like spinning round unst- unstoppably fast. Um, and to be honest, I, I go on, I go on, and I waffle, but I can't say there's a, I have a solution for. I mean, there are naturally going to be racing tracks which are older than like more modern sort of uh, circuit structures and certain tracks. But I don't know what the solution is, but I mean, we acknowledge, I, f- I think people are finally acknowledging that it's actually very dangerous. I don't think I acknowledged it until the last year or two. Um, but yeah, I've just got in my, I just, to be honest, I've just got in my image that W series crash, which was just, oh, it's terrifying. Six cars just all like plowing into each other. Yeah, honestly terrifying. Um, yeah, I can't say I have the answers to, how to solve the Eau Rouge conundrum, but yeah, I mean, move the barrier back, maybe. The problem is, is as, and as yeah. I think has been identified quite comprehensively, the issue is it's not actually necessarily the crash, okay? Because the crash is relatively easy to solve. When you look at the crashes like the W Series or Anton Hubert, the, the, the problem is compounded by the fact that the next person going up Eau Rouge hits them. And if you remove the cars off the track once they've had an accident, you you end up creating a much safer environment. Now, um, the so the the solution in my mind is to utilise the fact that they're already going to be uh, moving the grandstands back at Eau Rouge anyway. This is part of the multi-million pound uh, sort of 
investment that they're doing on the track. And the, the problem is at the top of the Eau Rouge, I don't know if you've seen, but the, the, the barrier angles towards the track, which means when you hit it, you basically then spring off, as, as you've all seen because of Lando Norris's accident. So what we need to do is flatten that out. And I'm also massively against gravel because gravel, not only does it slow cars down, okay, that's fine, but if you are going sideways, it will dig the car in and it will flip them. And that causes a whole load of problems. Not only that, but gravel gets everywhere. Could you imagine full speed cars going up Eau Rouge and then hitting like gravel debris that's on the track? That's worse than the, the little rubber, rubber marbles. And so gravel, terrible, terrible idea. I think the solution is just to straighten the barriers and mean and, and introduce the new barrier system that absorbs the crashes rather than just rebounds them off and that would solve a whole load of the problems i can't see anyone deciding to slow the cars down going up there because it's just a fan favorite we like the fact that there is a bit of jeopardy to them going up the up the other side of eau rouge and don't forget this is up a hill so the car naturally gets lighter and so it is a bit more difficult there um, so I think the solution is, is to expect the crashes and therefore make the track more amenable to absorbing them and not depositing the drivers back onto the track. And I think therefore we'll end up in a nice, happy medium. Maybe you also put gravel on the right hand side, because if cars do go over there, then there's you know, slightly better. But at the end of the day, no gravel, straighten up the barriers and stop the rebounds. Nice. I, I don't know if you've seen the plans to to introduce like the new grandstands there no. but it is it's an impre impressive redevelopment because you've effectively got well if you've seen the pictures it's a, it's a big hill and then at the top you've got a flat area and then the Babe, i've walked forest. it you know <laughs> yeah. well you know at the top then it takes a mass yeah. amount of landscaping and this is the yeah. problem y yeah, there's nowhere the people else... are like don't cut down the trees yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cut down the trees and absolutely. push the grandstand back, and just make and just make it so that when the drivers crash, because unfortunately, like all these cases, you have to expect it. Just don't deposit them back on the on the track. Yeah. You miss me? Probably not. No, I don't blame you. Anyway, thank you very much, dear listener, for once again listening to the end of another episode of F1 in Review. Thank you very much for listening to my friends dissect the race that never was in Belgium. And a triple header now turned into a double header. Next week, we're going to the Netherlands for the Dutch Grand Prix there, which commences on the 3rd of September. And we'll be back next week to talk about what did happen, what didn't happen, and what could happen moving forwards in Monza, Italy, which is the next Grand Prix after that. Until next time. Thank you very much for listening.